I am Ebony Farley. Welcome and thank you for listening to the podcast Abort Now, Abortion Stories from the Womb to the Heart. I believe there is power in our stories. Our personal experiences have the ability to inspire others and ignite new ways of thinking, but a story untold never fully unfolds. And that is why here at Abort Now, we share the powerful abortion stories of women who have multiple experiences and desire to share them with you with hopes of impacting you in a way that will help you, that will encourage you, and that will let you know that you are in no way, shape, or form wrong alone. I'm going to open the floor up to you. Thank you for being with us and being willing to share your story. Um, at this time, you can share your story. Well, thank you for um, giving me the opportunity to actually share my story. I first had um, what piqued my interest was I saw a post that you that you made, and mm-hmm. I thought, um, and actually, let me go back. I was talking to a close friend of mine about sharing stories mm-hmm. about our past and. Um, how our past experiences and things that we've gone through over the course of our lives um, as it relates to how God has delivered or healed, Mm -hmm. so to speak. And I was telling this friend of mine that it's important for us to share our stories because we never know who may be going through a certain situation and we can share those stories and... um, you know, allow ourselves to to be uh, you to be used as a tool in order to help another individual who may mm-hmm. be struggling with something or uh, a certain issue in their life. And so that was the first first thing that prompted me. Mm-hmm. I started thinking about this, and then I saw your post, and I'm like, well, here's an opportunity to be able to share my story. Right. Now everybody has a testimony. And, you know, we feel as though, you know, everybody's story is different. So we feel as though, well, my story is not, you know, like yours. And right. it's not, you know, I the friend that I was talking to, I feel this person should write a book. Mm-hmm. And then I look at my own story and I'm like, well, you know what? It's not so, um, it's not that intriguing. It's like, you know, I don't think that my story would be able to go that far. I believe my friend can be in, can be put in front of thousands and millions of people. Mm-hmm. And this story would be, you know, it would help so many people. But then I started thinking about my own situation, and I'm like, you know what? There's a lot of women out there. Um, I may not know them. Mm-hmm. It's, it's almost as if when you're in a classroom and you have the teachers explaining something, and you have all these people who want to ask this one question, then there's one person that's brave enough to ask, to raise their hand and ask this question. And after that question is asked, asked, then everybody's like, you know, oh, they kind of lay back and like, dang, somebody asked that question. I was thinking it, but I didn't want to say nothing. Mm-hmm. So that's how I feel about my story. I feel like I need to, I need to share. I need to tell somebody, you know, how I felt, what my experience was like. In in regard to this abortion matter, as a 44-year-old woman today, I don't think about it as much as I did when I was 
in my early 20s. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then I saw another another post or something that um, made me think, okay, Lord, you're he's telling me you need to share this. So then this other post said, your story may be the story that unlocks mm-hmm. someone else's prison. Mm-hmm. So I know that for me, if I hadn't have had that one person talk to me about this matter, I probably would still be feeling the way I feel to the way I felt back then, mm-hmm. twenty some years ago. So, um, initially, you know, when I had the, made the decision to have an abortion, it was because I was in church, mm-hmm. and you know. Sometimes church people have the tendency to to shun you, to judge you, to make you feel make you feel really low as if this this thing that you've done, for example, I mean pregnancy, being right. pregnancy, mm-hmm. being pregnant um is just the worst thing in the world. So I um again, I have a 25-year-old now. So I had her at the time, she was four years old, Mm -hmm. and I thought, you know what, I'm pregnant now. The guy that I was dating at the time, he didn't want the child. Mm -hmm. So I had that, and then I had the fact that I am in church, and I don't want anybody, I don't want this to be known. I don't want anyone to see me pregnant here, coming to church every every week, Mm -hmm. singing in the choir, it was, and not only that, I have an uncle who's a reverend, mm-hmm. and he put me on this pedestal. It was as if I could do nothing wrong, and for me to be able to go to him and see him, I, I just, was, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. This wasn't even my parents. This was an uncle who, you know, spoke highly of me, and it was just something that I just, I cringed at the thought of walking into a church pregnant Mm -hmm. and again it was you know the people a lot of times we make decisions to do something based on what others think Mm -hmm. and what we you know what others may say and so that was me and I did that for that reason um it was just really at the time when I did that I was 22 23 years old and again, I've, I've already have I already have a child, and I had a lot of support. My mother, my sister, you know, grandparents. Mm-hmm. I had support, you know, a huge support, and I didn't want to put more on them. Mm-hmm. I just I I felt as though I'm already a single mother, mm-hmm. and for me to have another child with already a, a young child. That at the time four years old that will be that will be a lot mm-hmm. for not just me but for for my supporters so you know I decided to to have the abortion um, for more reasons it was because of the church thing because mm-hmm. I was in church mm-hmm. um, so I went ahead and went through with it and it was honestly the most horrible feeling in the world it was it's done and over with mm-hmm. however it's not really done and over with for you emotionally mm-hmm. not even spiritually um because there's this 
there's this void there's this uh it's it's the feeling is once you once you've done something like that there's feelings of guilt shame you me personally i felt as though god hated me looked at me as if i was just the worst person in the world mm -hmm. because to me this is i've just i if i could say this i just killed mm -hmm. someone and i felt so horrible i remember a young lady this young lady um i i know who she is and if i see her today mm -hmm. there's this constant reminder because we walked in at the same time and we we both knew what we were there for mm -hmm. and it, when i see this lady today it's like a constant reminder of what i did so many years ago right. so it's not that it's not healing that i'm not healed from that but at the same time it's you still remember mm -hmm. you remember um but anytime i drive past that street i remember where the abortion clinic is was and you know and it's it's always a constant reminder um which brings me to every year on the anniversary of the date that i had that abortion i would get depressed mm -hmm. i would just i don't know ball up and just have you know so many feelings of remorse and you know, I'd be bawling and everything. And I, I realized, I started to realize that this happens every year, mm -hmm. every year on the anniversary when I had that abortion. And, you know, so I went to my mom one day, and, you know, told her, you know, what I had done. Mm -hmm. And, you know, of course, at, my mother's very loving and supportive. You know, she, she never, um, she never condemned me. Um, and that's what mothers do. That's what mothers do. But she never condemned me. What she ended up doing was, because I was so hurt by this, she ended up calling a friend of hers, a mm -hmm. close friend of hers, who actually had an abortion. And so this friend of hers, who I believe at the time was the same age as I am today, mm -hmm. and she talked to me about this and you know, I just, I basically, you know, I'm on the phone in tears with her. And there's two things that I remember mm -hmm. to this day that she said to me, which began the healing process for me. She first said that God forgave me. Mm -hmm. She said God had forgiven me mm -hmm. for what I've done. I still didn't believe that, mm -hmm. but it was something that I had to to pray about and as I study God's word and pray and you know grow as a woman of God and as a, a daughter of the king I start to really understand and grasp that there's nothing on this earth that you can ever do right. that God will not forgive you for mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. like God loves you no matter what so she tells me this but what really what really made me say huh was when she said, you have to forgive yourself. Mm -hmm. And I was like, forgive myself? Forgive myself for what? I didn't, I haven't done anything to myself. Mm -hmm. You know, and that was the first time I've ever heard that. Ever heard somebody say, you have to forgive yourself. Um, and I'm thinking, 
you know, I've never done anything to myself. Mm-hmm. It's always, I've heard forgiving others for right. what they've done to you. But for forgiving myself, that was kind of odd for me. So um, I thought about that and I said, you know what? In essence, I have done something to myself. Mm-hmm. I do need to forgive myself because I'm constantly and continu- continuously going through this um, where these feelings of guilt and um, hurt and shame and just just feelings that where I'm you know bogged down and like I said every year on the anniversary I'm going through this depression and everything so I have to find a way to to break from this so when she said to forgive yourself I believe that's when the chain started falling off mm-hmm. because you know as the Bible says you know there's now there's now no condemnation to them which are in Christ right and I had to really think about that even today when I do something because I still sin yes. I'm still a sinner saved by grace as the Bible say yes. that we all have sinned and come short of the glory of God but I had to really realize God does not condemn me right. for for what the things that I've done. Once I ask for forgiveness, as it states, you know, in the word of God, that if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you. So when I think about what I did and then I um, incorporate that into my spiritual into my spirituality and in my life as a Christian and as a woman of God, it makes that easier to deal with Mm -hmm. you have um there's this healing process that only god can do only god can do i couldn't do that in my own strength although my mother's friend talked to me it was god that sent me to her in order to help me to deal with this thing Mm -hmm. and it was really it was it was tough for a while, for a long time, to be able to even forgive myself. Right. Because I had, I even um, had, I, my first husband, we had, I got pregnant twice. My first child was a still stillborn. Mm-hmm. Second, when I got pregnant, had a miscarriage. And I thought, I won't ever have a child again. Mm-hmm. I will not have a child again. I'm like, God is mad at me. God don't like me right now and um is this just is not gonna happen for me. And even when I had, you know, did conceive, all my pregnancies were high risk. Mm-hmm. You know, what does that even mean? It's like I can't have a regular pre- a normal pregnancy, you know, so all this I felt was the result of this abortion that I had. Mm-hmm. And and still today I still believe that those are residual effects of that. You know, but today, you know, my, you know, second husband, I conceived again and I have now an eight year old. So I feel as though that that God is still faithful. He He still he still loves you. He still loves me and he remains faithful to his word. You know, it just wasn't that time for me to have another child but by the grace of god you know he allowed me to to conceive and and bring forth another child who's eight today like i said and um the the love of my life so i thank god you know for what he's done in my life and you know i just want to just you know it's 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 tough but you can get through it right you can get through it god is faithful and 
and God is good and no 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 thing that we can ever do will separate us from the love of God yeah. which is in Christ Jesus. Amen. So you know you you talked about um the challenges that you had. I too am post abortive. I had a miscarriage and I felt the exact same thing like mm -hmm. This is my payback. Right. Like, this is something that I, I'm, I'm married. Mm -hmm. I want this baby. Everything's going fine. And then just right. one day, out of the blue, four mm -hmm. months in, yeah. I have a miscarriage. And I felt like God is paying me back. Yeah. Uh -huh. And yeah. that was so long before my healing. But I even remember I grieved that miscarriage and the mm. loss of that child. Right. Because I was able to show the emotion and the loss that I wasn't able to in my abortion because I was trying to keep it a secret right. um, exactly. for a long time exactly for a very long time you know where my first husband said uh, when are you gonna get over this like when are you gonna stop this hmm. um, and I thought man that's cruel right <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was very hard for me and I think it had a lot to yeah. do with the fact that I had had that abortion and I was still carrying the grief and the the um, guilt yeah. of the abortion yes. Um, yes. When you mentioned that loss, it made me think in your first pregnancy with your firstborn, mm -hmm. was that a normal pregnancy for you? That was a normal pregnancy for me that I had no no complications or nothing. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was my first child and everything, the whole nine months. In fact, she went two weeks over her due date and that, you know, I thought she was going to be my only child, but... But that was a normal pregnancy. Okay. So, yeah. When you um, think about a woman who may find herself pregnant right now, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. afraid, alone, mm -hmm. isolated, maybe keeping it a secret from those around her, hmm. what would you say to her as she's trying to decide, hmm. should she have this baby or should she not? I would, I would say, I would first ask, if she has any supporters, mm -hmm. because that's important, especially if you are single and you're 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 wondering, you have all these what ifs. Um, you know, you're feeling if you're feeling alone and you don't have anybody. I can I can understand why someone may may have those thoughts, but at the same time. I look at so many, the fact that there's so many resources and so much more out there um, today versus what it, what was out there and what was available when I was 20, early in my early 20s. There was the Pregnancy Resource Center. There was, mm -hmm. but there's there's a lot more to me today to where people. Um, can actually reach out so many support groups, um, different programs, um, different. I mean, there's extended family. Mm -hmm. I had that, but again, as you stated, I'm keeping it a secret. Right. But I would, I would have to. I, I would, I would not encourage it today for the reason that there's so many women out there who can't conceive right. and who are looking for children to adopt. Mm -hmm. Now, if I had have been thinking in those terms when I was 20 some years old, would I have considered not 
Maybe not because again, I was still trying to keep that a secret. Right. So, but but today things are so different. I mean, you walk up in a church and I the church that I attend, I see pregnant young pregnant girls all the time mm-hmm. and they don't hide it right they don't it's we live in a different world today mm-hmm. it's you know it's completely different than when i was in my teenage years um, but I, I would most definitely not encourage it today okay I, yeah um as you have shared your story today how do you feel having shared your story and and going public if you will um, because this will be published and people will hear it. How mm-hmm. do you feel after sharing your story? Uh, this is the first time I've actually had the opportunity to share it um, in this in this type of forum or um, in this capacity. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel good about sharing that. It's not something that I would have been able to share um, 15 years ago. Because it, I, it took a long time to heal. Mm-hmm. And again, it took a long time for me to forgive myself. Um, when I had the stillborn and the miscarriage, it was like, yeah, God don't like you. Mm. He don't like you. So, And it was just a constant reminder. Mm-hmm. This is what you did. These are the consequences for what you've done. Right. Um, but when I say forgiving myself I really had to it took some time to forgive myself and to really understand that that God has forgiven me also Mm -hmm. so I I feel good about it I feel as though I can share it you know amongst other people It's, it's something that it wasn't something that I felt like um was holding me back from from moving forward in my life, but I'm just at this point really wanting to help somebody else, right? Because right. I'm I'm healed from that, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. So it's it's no longer for me; it's for someone else, right? Yeah. Well, I truly appreciate you sharing your story because I do. I feel like we cannot afford to be silent anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I think right. that there is a, a group of women who have had abortions and they're silent and they're about silent. it. And I think that in our silence, we we um, don't share our stories and we don't help save mm-hmm. lives or be a witness to the yes. fact that yes I had an abortion yes I'm healed from my abortion yes I'm unhappy with the decision that I made but yes I can use this to help somebody else yes. and, and yes God still loves you yes he does and they, they suffer in silence mm-hmm. so and I don't I don't want to be like I you know started out earlier I don't want to be the reason why somebody is kept in prison because my story me sharing my story could be um the keys to unlock somebody's prison somebody needs to be healed from it yeah they really do so well thank you so much Monique for your time today you are Um, welcome and I appreciate you sharing your story with us I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to share it thank you so much you're welcome Thank you for listening to Abort Now, abortion stories from the womb to the heart. If you have not already done so, please be sure to go to iTunes or SoundCloud to subscribe, share, rate, and review this podcast. If you would like to share your abortion story or know someone who would, please email me directly at info at abort.com. 
www.thepowerofnow.com. And remember, your story has the power to inspire someone else. And a story untold never fully unfolds. Come on to the good life of hope.